Okay. Talk to Gamora. We're on Lemdal and Amalav. Or are we on. Okay, should we have Let's have a little bit of. No, one second. I'm down on base. Down on base. Let's have the Gemara. Let's have the Gemara from Omar Avoy. Omar Avoy. About nine lines up from the bottom. Omar Avoy, Avoy said, Shumar Velozabar Tzadik, in the name of Velozabar Tzadik. The person should not go and travel by on Erev Shabbos more than three parsa. Omer of Kahana, Rav Kahana said, this halacha wasn't said, Elah only, was only said when he's going to his house, that there's concern that maybe there was no food, not enough food prepared for him, and he's going to get upset. So therefore, don't go if you're not going to get there with enough time for the um, to prepare the food. Avol, however, if he's going to a hotel, <laughs> on that which he's holding, on that which he's holding, the hainu that he has in his hand, some he'll rely on, and therefore he's not. There's nothing to be upset about because he has whatever he has. Masha'enkin, if he's going home, well, where's my favorite gefilte uh, fish or whatever? So therefore, don't go more than three parsa. Ve'ikad Amri and some said, Amr of Kahana of Kahana said, Lo nitzrocha wasn't necessary to teach us halacha. Ela afilu lebeisay. Even if he's going to his house, he should still. Um, not go if it's three um, uh, parsa away or more than three parsa away. In other words, a house, Zakrashi, we would say that that should be better to go to because you whatever you find, you'll find something in the pantry in the refrigerator. Yes, it's leftovers from two weeks ago, but so what? But to Ushpiza, maybe you're not going to have it all. For sure, there you shouldn't go. So not only Zakter, then not only should you not go to an Ushpiza because maybe your Taka not going to have Sarge Shabbos. Even to your house where you'll have something, even there you shouldn't go because it's a mitzvah to prepare for Shabbos. If you, if, you, if you look at the previous, where Rashi says what's pshat, that he shouldn't go to his house because if they're not ready for him, he's going to get angry. He's not going to do that by the shvizi. Of course not. I'm saying, I'm saying. Oh, you're, you're, just saying, you're just saying, right. right. You're going in the, in the earlier in the first pshat, Right. The advice does they didn't get upset if the if the hotel didn't have their food. That's right, you know. You're just pointing yeah. it out. Is it is it about getting upset or is it about I thought the whole the whole time we're talking about he's gonna he's gonna end up doing worry about him doing Michal Shabbos, right? According to Rashi in the first chat it says he's gonna get upset. And what's okay, and what's the problem? With getting upset? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming when I say get upset, I really, we really. I mean, I know we were just learning. He shouldn't get upset. Right. No, no, no. When we say Rashi says, Rashi is a very strong lotion. I looked around like, what's, you know, what are we, like, what are we, who are we talking about? But Rashi says, but who So Vice says not only that he's getting upset, he's getting angry for some reason. Again, 
maybe it's on a very small level under high madriga. I mean, people, I mean, everyone, people are human, but I mean, it, listen, we're not in the situation now. So for us, we say, one second, I'm just coming home today. How could you expect that I'm going to prepare food, right? If someone come, came today, right before, two hours ago, they came to our house. What do you mean? You don't have my favorite thing? That's the mindset. Yeah. Okay. There's a mice. There's another mice in the. Uh, yeah, you'll get to it, uh, um, uh, Brian. Whatever about the quick kids, sir. You, you're not always having the favorite foods. What are you getting upset about? Right. I don't know. I don't know what the shot is, but that's. It's just because they got angry. They were getting angry. Omar Afghano, said, "Like, have over with me." There was a story about even a a small fried fish or whatever. I didn't find, meaning we mamish didn't have anything. And again, there was Machlech's Rishonim, if this was referring to he was going to his house, or was this talking about when he was going to do Shpiza, and the mamish didn't have, like the Igeda Amri, Pashtos. Yeah. One second. What does, um, what is the Ushpiza, what does that have to do with the Gimel Parsos? Meaning, whether you're one parse away or three parse away, if you go there and you don't have food, so you don't have food. But you can prepare food. There? Yeah. Now the okay. concern is that you're, since it's three parsa, and the way we understood You're going to get there right before Shabbos. Right. I didn't realize that you could prepare food. Right. Okay. Presumably. Presumably there's some way I'll find food. I'll go to the place to eat. Shabbos. Okay. Mitzvah Zulul of Ketaz at the Gemara Vaitor. Tani Tano Kamedra of Nachman. It's taught in front of Rav Nachman. Soydrin Al-Gag They would lay out the lulavim on the roof of the porches or of the uh, bench, whatever, on top of the benches, the roof of the benches. Amar lay. So if Nachman said to the to the person who was teaching the tan the brisa, does he need it in order? To, does he need to be miyadish? Does he need to to um, to dry out? Why is he putting it on top of his on top of the um, on top of the roof? Ella, rather, Ema, I'll tell you, I'll gav on top of the istaba, not on the roof, but rather on them, just to be there to have it set up. Amr Rechava, Amr Reb Yehuda, Rechava said in the name of Yehuda, Har Habayis, the Har Habayis was stov kofel hayo, stov lefnimi stov. Basically, it was it was surrounded by benches, by two rows of benches. Stiv, maybe it's stiv. One row of benches in front of the other row of benches. Is this just this is just a fact, factual description? Is there yeah. yeah, we're telling you. In other words, if you want to know where the it's the boys are, the Harabais was set up like that. Okay. All right, Dr. Mishra. Mitzvahs, Lulov, Mitzvahs, Arava, Keitzah. What was the mitzvah of how did the How did it work? Zok to Mishnah. There was a place, lower down in Yerushalayim. And it was called Maitza. We'll see why it was called Maitza in the Gemara. But it was called Maitza. Yardin Lisham, they would go down to there from the base of Migdash. And they would collect from there branches 
and they would come and they would stand them up on the side of the Mizbeach and the tops of the Aravos they were bent they were bent on top of the Mizbeach we'll see in the Gemara how it was so basically it wasn't that it was lying flat on the Mizbeach I mean um, this is not really such a great example basically it was like this why is it one second. How does this work? It was like this. Okay, if some of you have the pictures, maybe could be this one actually has a one second. Basically they put they stood it up on the side of the Mizbah and it was folded over onto the Mizbah. Hold on a second. Yeah. If you look closely, no, where's yeah? You see down how the arava went up and then down. It didn't just lie flat on the mizbeach. Closer. Here, a little, a little this side. I can't. No. Which picture is it here? This one. That one. Do you see that rava? Comes up and then it goes down. Okay. The, the tip of the rava would bend over and touch the surface of his bed, right? No, it wouldn't go like it wouldn't go like this. No, the tip it would of go the, like this. The very tip of a, a rava. Correct. 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 Touch the bed. Correct. Correct. You're muted, Hill. You're muted. Don't tell him. <laughs> it, it wasn't laying on it. It was hooked over. Over, correct. Right? Over, correct. I'm saying because the, the, the Mizbeach had some type of... Well, let's see, let's see. The Gemara's, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss. We'll discuss what they did. Oh, no, it didn't. Did it? We'll discuss it. It the didn't have... will give us the dimensions. Okay. Okay, so again. So they had the Arava. This Arava Ketzad. There was a place lower below Yerushalayim, and it was called Moitza. Yarden Lasham, they would go down to there. And they would collect from there. They would harvest from there. Morbios Shalarova. Morbios, we're going to translate simply as branches of Arav. And they would come. And they would. Um, stand up the Aravis on the sides of the Mizbeach and the tops of the Aravis were they were bent on top of the Mizbeach now the Pashtus it's a but let's just go like Rashi that says that they did the um, if you remember there was a Rashi well yeah, I can remember because we didn't read it inside. There was a Rashi of Gibel of Abayz who said that they would um, first stand up the Aravo next to the Mizbeach and then they would do the Hakafa afterwards. Okay? So that's the order that we're going to see in our mission. So, the, so, so they would stand up the Aravo next to the Mizbeach then says the Mishnah Taku 
v'hariu v'taku. They did a tkiya, and then hariu, which is terua, v'taku, and they did another tkiya. Now this is on the chatzaytzris. Um, they did a tkiya, terua, tkiya, and then later on, according to Rashi, they would do the hakaf. Says the Mishnah, b'chol yoyim, every day of sukkahs, makifin es ha-mezbeach, they would be makif the mezbeach, ha-machas, one time, v'oimrim, and they would say, ono Hashem ha-shiyono, ono Hashem ha-tzlichono, they would say, ono Hashem ha-shiyono, and ono Hashem ha-tzlichono, I saw in one of the Rishonim that they spoke out that during the whole time, they would say again and again, ono Hashem ha-shiyono, ono Hashem ha-tzlichono, until they finished the hakafa. So that's what they would do. Rabbi Yehuda Oymir, Rabbi Yehuda said, instead of saying, Ano Hashem Hashiyano, they said, Ani Vahoy Hashiyano. Ani Vahoy Hashiyano, that's what they would say, and Ani Vahoy Hatzlichano. That's what we say it after the Hakafa. The Mashmos of the Mishnah, the way most Rishonim learned is that it was during the Hakafa, and he's just giving an alternative for, instead of saying, Ano Hashem, they said, Ani Vahoy. Rashi gives an explanation. Um, the first shot Rashi gives is that the gematria of Ani Vahoy is the same gematria as Ono and then the Shem Havaya. And then Rashi gives another reason. But the reason why Rashi gives another reason is because, well, that's beautiful that it's the same gematria. You know what they say? We don't eat nuts on, on Rosh Hashanah because it's a gematria Chet. And then all the, everyone says, well, the gematria of Chet is also Chet. Okay, so the gematria of on Hashem is Ani Vahoy. So why are we saying Ani Vahoy? Say Ani, I say on Hashem. So Rashi gives a long explanation to explain. If you look in the psukim over there, you'll find in Pashas B'Shalach that there's three psukim, and basically that's you could mix up through there the the um, the Shem Hashem, the seventy-two letter name of Hashem, and the thirty-six letter name of Hashem. And Ani and Vahoy are the first three letters of each of those Shemois, if you mix it up in the Psukim. Um, yeah, let's, let's leave that for now. But it's basically, Ani Vahoy is, is a, is a, is a, uh, is a, represents two of the Shemois of Hashem, the 72, the Rashi 72, and this 36. Well, how do you touch Vahoy? Ani Vahoy, me and him maybe. Yeah. There's a chuba from Ramayusha that had to pronounce it. We pronounce Ani Vahoy, not Vahu. There's some that held the, you should say Vahu, but we say Vahoy. Or Vaho, whatever. I'm just saying it. Vaholam, Vaholam, and not a Shuruk. Just to push this a little, what does it mean, I and him save, please? Excuse me? So you touch it as me and him save, please? Yeah, just like, what? Yeah. I mean, it's a reference to the shame of Hashem. I don't know if it has to have a specific definition. If it's Aniva who, so then fine. But we're going to have to leave that for Michael. Vaiter. So again, so B'cholim every day, they would go around one time and say, Rabbi Huda says, but that day, meaning the seventh day, they would go around the Mizbeach seven times. The Oroch and the Marsha explain what the significance, according to most, this the, the, we find the relationship between this and Yehoshua, 
when they were conquering Yerichai, they went around Yerichai each day on the six days one time, the seventh day they went seven times, and then the walls crumbled down. So too, when we're going around, it's for the Shmira, and it's thanking Hashem for the Shmira that He has for Klal Yisrael. So that's the significance of one and seven. Bishas Petirosan, when they were leaving, when they were leaving, after they did the whole procedure, Mahein Oimrim, what would they say? Yoifi l'chom is beach. Yoifi l'chom is beach. It's beautiful to you, Ms. Beach. It's beautiful to you. And the reason why they said this now was number one, the Arabas are there now, so it has a beautiful look. And number two, on Sukkot, there's specific mitzvahs that are done with the Ms. Beach that give it extra significance. And therefore, we'd say, Yoifi l'chom is beach. Beautiful to you, Ms. Beach. Omar, um, Rabbi Lezer says, They would say, For Hashem and for you, Mizbeach. For Hashem and for you, Mizbeach. Fine. And if you, if you do it backward, it spells Heichal. So there's some significance in that. But either way. and and what smell? What spells Hegel? The Yud and the Hay. Backwards. Hay and Yud, Chaf and Lamed. Yud and Hay, Chaf and Lamed is Hegel. I must be in the wrong place. What are you talking about? <laughs> Was that you, Hill? Yes. I'm sorry. What? Start again from Rebel Lazar. You're frozen. That's why it doesn't look like you're talking. Well, oh. You're a very good ventriloquist. I don't, I don't know why I'm frozen. <laughs> Start again from Rebel Lazar. Rebel Lazar, Rebel Lazar says instead of saying, Yoyfi Lacham is back, Yoyfi Lacham is back, they would say, Laka Ulacham is back. Laka Ulacham is back. I got it. Okay. Like the way the procedure was done during the weekday, so too they had the same procedure on Shabbos. But only they would gather and harvest the Aravis the, um, from the evening, meaning from Erev Shabbos. And they would place them in vats of gold. According to Rashi, they would put water in the, in the vats also. In order that they shouldn't wilt, the Aravas should remain fresh. So they would gather them on Erev Shabbos, but since they're not using it until the next day, they would put it into these vats of gold, these golden vats, which had water inside, uh, in order to prevent it from wilting. Rabbi Yechonim and Breika Omer. Rabbi Yechonim and Breika says, "Chariyus shall dekel branches or um, yeah branches or shoots of a dekel." Remember, we had chariyus by um, when we were talking about what the lulav is. So the chariyus was the one that was a little harder and more spread out. So chariyus shall dekel how you may be. They would bring these branches of the palm tree. The and they would smack it down on the ground. 
Mitzidi HaMezbeach on the sides of the Mezbeach. Vo'oyse Hayoim, and that day was called, Chibot, Nikra was called, Vo'oyse Hayoim Nikra, and that day was called Chibot Chorius, the uh, smacking down of the Chorius. And, and which day? Seventh. You're right, the seventh day. I shot it up. All right. Zokta Miyad immediately. No. Miyad, I'm going to read it like Rashi. Miyad Tinoikois, Shoimtines Lulvehen, from the hand of the children, they would take their Lulavim, and they would bite into the Esroigim of the children. And this was because of Mitzvah Simcha, it says. So the, the, the adults would take the children's Lulavim and Esroigim. Right after this was done, we finished the whole seven-day yomtiv of doing the mitzvah of Lulav and Esrog. They would take it and they would eat, bite into the Esrog. What? Ochlin is not just eat. Ochlin means to eat, but I mean, they would, they would, mean they would bite it. They would, they, they would bite into it. You're yeah, saying they bite the, the Esrog. This is bite the Lulav. No, Ochlin and Esrog. Ochlin and Esrog. Why didn't they bite into their own Esrog? There's, okay, that's a good Shiloh. It's a good question. Tyson's discussed it somewhere else. It could be more of a Muktzah Shiloh. That it's still young, it's still you able to be used for the mitzvah, so it's Muktzah Masha'enk. And for the children, it's already, it's a Bidiyat, a Durabanon, so therefore there's less of a Muktzah problem. Not Muktzah like Shabbos. Probably was Muktzah there in the first place for them. It's a different level. It's a lower level. Lamaisa, when you when you say something set apart, it's set apart. Like whether it was needed for a mitzvah or not. It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a whole sugya, and we're gonna have to zard that. It's okay. a big machlekes Rashi and Tysus had to learn. That's part of Tysus's problem with Rashi. Tysus learns the Mishnah differently. Um, it just says the children did it because they're not makman nalocha. But but Rashi is like upon him learning that the adults would take the children's stuff, and there's no problem of gezel. Zacht Rashi, because it's it's uh, it's uh, it's machmas simcha, and actually from this halacha, from this from Paskin and Shulchan Aruch, um, I think Rabbi Kowalski gave a share on this before a Purim once, that if someone there are more positive, someone damages on Purim, with simcha because of simcha, then it's not so much of a machai. I remember when I was a when I was younger, so there was a bachur in my father's shear by the name of Shia Trink. And on Purim... In Minneapolis, right? That's right. Yeah. So on Purim, uh, my father was sitting by the extension table, which was a folding table then. And he, this Shia Trink, his father had a lot of energy. He was a big machanach in Adelphia. And my, he, so Shia jumped across the table or onto the table to give my father a hug. And the table collapsed. Anyways, the next day, he brought, uh, when Shushan he brought a new folding table to my house, even though according to Ramal, he was putter. A few months later, he became my brother-in-law. So, so, um, maybe it was the Lafnim Shur Sadin of giving the, of giving the table to your putter, but that's what we learned from this Rashi and this Sugya, is that when something is done, Bitech Simcha, the Ramal is actually talking about something else, by chasanas, they would, whatever. Anyways, fine. So again, so we have the Gemara. We'll do a couple lines of the Gemara 
before we before we hold it for tonight. We had the mitzvah arava. How was it done? There was a place below Yerushalayim called Moitza. They would go down there. They would collect these branches of the arava. They would come and stand it up on the side of the mizbeach. The tops of the arava were bent over on the mizbeach. They would do the tekiah and the, the tekiah through a tekiah and every that fine. Then the mitzvah says every day they would do it once. One hakava, but on the seventh day they did it seven times. They would say, Anna Hashem Aishiyana, or Anna Hashem Atzlichana, and Anna Hashem Atzlichana, then some Rabbi Huda said, is Aniva Hoya Shiyana, and Aniva Hoya Atzlichana. The Shabbos procedure was the same as during the week, except they went down on Arab Shabbos together. They would put it into golden buckets or, or um, vats with water inside. Rabbi Yechim Abreka said, and in order for that, shouldn't will. Rabbi Yechim Abreka said they also brought the branches of palm trees, they would slap it down, it's called Chibad Aravais, and they would take the Esraigim from the children and bite into them. Tana, Zakti Gemara, Makim Klanya Hava. The place of Maitza was a, a uh, Makim Klanya, it was a place, Klanya Rashi says, it was a, it was a uh, duty-free zone, basically. There was no taxes that they had to pay. There was no um, city, uh, you know, a land tax to pay Klanya, the government. Klanya, Klanya, I mean, Klanya means like a duty-free place. You know, no taxes. A tax-free zone. Vitana didon an hour tana. My taima korile moitza. Why did he call it moitza? Why didn't he call it Klanya? It's a tax-free zone. Call it that. So tomorrow, ID. Since the mepak that they are taken out, mikarga the mepak that they are taken out, they are removed, so to speak, mikarga the malka from the tax of the king, kari le moitza they called it moitza. Moitza means it's removed. So it's since the mepak that they are removed, mikarga the malka from the tax of the king. Therefore, it was called moitza, which comes from the shirish of yitzia to go out. So they're removed. From that, is there you any know, is there any connection to the fact that it was tax free? Yeah, so we're yeah. just saying why that was the name of that place, but who cares? That, right. So it seems to be a Some Rishonim learn that because as as a as a as a, as a type, so to speak, for the fact that they provided the the special arvus, as we'll see in the Gemara tomorrow, as Hashem, to be used on this day, therefore. As a token of appreciation, the king exempted them from tax. That's one mahalach in the Rishonim. Another mahalach is that there was nothing that was able to grow there except for Aravis, and therefore there was no taxes because it wasn't really a valuable land. And a third mahalach is um, that it was Hefker, that it was Hefker maybe. So they didn't own it, no one owned it, and that's why it was exempt from taxes. So it is, there is a relationship to that. Okay, what we did not do 